Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Pat's daughter had to teach him that there is a button on junk emails called unsubscribe. Pete Thamel. Pat's going to go brag to all his friends at Blockbuster today about his unsubscribe. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. I'm not telling you guys anything about my personal life anymore because it just comes back to being pinata fodder. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. I want to get to one thing and then offer an apology. Pat, how's your car? Uh, car is pro- car's progress is is steady. It's in guarded condition. Uh, we're awaiting day to day updates, and presumably it will be allowed to roam free again by the end of the week. So, is it questionable right. for the Sweet Sixteen? Uh, would you, uh, would you, you know, Pete, we just say day to day, lower <laughs> extremity. You know, front end. Forty don't talk about That's injuries. All. You should That's know right. that. How long have you, you know, been covering us? Exactly. What are, what are you trying to get out of me? Come on. Some things need to be confidential. Is this FERPA or HIPAA with your car? <laughs> the, the single funniest injury reports of the NHL. Sully's an NHL fan with me. Like some guy will get a stick wailed across his head. Okay. <laughs> He'll be knocked out cold and bleeding. They'll get him up, get him off the ice. And then like, Four minutes later, the announcer would be like, Volkovich is out for the rest of the game. Upper body injury. I'm like, I think I can figure out because they don't want to tell what part. So the guys can't hack at it. Right. If you say ankle, they're going to hack at your ankle. So there's upper body and lower body. Yeah, I think yeah. it was an upper body injury. I think the man was almost decapitated. Well, Pat, Pat's car broke down uh, during the first couple rounds of uh, March Madness in Indianapolis in a failed attempt to cheat <laughs> a broken radiator. Which tends so to a lot happen. of our listeners were second-guessing him on Twitter, rightfully so. He, he just oh, says all the chirping. Yeah, There was a lot of mockery of Pat, a lot of mockery <laughs> of his, his, his vehicle, a lot of mockery of his decision-making, just a lot of mockery. And I want to apologize. <laughs> oh, really? Pat, you had a bad day at work that day. I did. But... But you were not. And this guy is actually a little bit of a global hero. Because no matter how bad a day you're having at work, you didn't have as bad a day as the dude who drove his boat into the wall of the Suez Canal. (laughs) And block. Have you heard about this thing? No. Pete does it. Pat? Yeah. Yeah. The ever given. It is a 
It is a shipping <laughs> container boat. It is as long as the Empire State Building. So not easy to drive these things, I would imagine. The, 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 the Suez Canal handles 30% of all shipping container trade in the world. It connects the Mediterranean Sea and uh, the Indian Ocean, I think. So basically, it's a shortcut from Asia to Europe and then on to North America. Otherwise, you got to go all the way around Africa. So needless to say, a popular water fare. This guy somehow veered off course. He's blaming wind and a sandstorm for low visibility and crashed the tip of his boat into the one side. And then because the water flows, it pushed the the back end, the, I don't know, the starboard port, whatever, the part you would water ski off of. <laughs> Not a big boat guy. That the, the ass end went slamming and hit the other side. So it is stopped. It is plugged up. <laughs> now, I, never in the history of the 150-year Suez Canal has any captain of a ship been so bad at his job? <laughs> this guy is the worst, the worst captain ever. That guy who like spilled all the oil and who's drunk and like yeah, Exxon Valdez, yeah, yeah, Hazelton, right? Wasn't that his name? I well, this guy remember. is the new that dude. So they've got like twenty tugboats. They can't move this thing. It is stuck. And all the global trade is stopped. Like, what is his excuse? Was he like reaching for the final like French fry in the McDonald's bag? <laughs> he was watching the morning tournament games. Duh, he wasn't paying attention. Oh, there we go. There we go. Distracted driving in the Suez Canal. <laughs> Worried about his bracket. Uh, that's it. He was watching. He was watching USC in Kansas. Took his mind, took his eye off the Suez Canal. If your boss is bitching at you about something, man, just be like, look, man, I didn't shut down the Suez Canal. <laughs> they can't get it out. They don't know how. And then, yeah, you know, I love Yahoo commenters, the Yahoo oh. commenters, right? I mean, the Yahoo.com story on this, like all these guys with their advice. Oh, of course. Like the people who run the Suez Canal. I can't think of, like, I saw this on Ice Road Trucker season three. Uh, what you got to do. Listen, Wally from Omaha. <laughs> what the hell do you know about the Suez Canal? <laughs> we don't have a name of the of the captain. That's what we're lacking. We need we need somebody to step up and be the, you know, the face of this incompetence. This um, guy. <laughs> Oh, man, he is so fired. Yeah, yeah, Every other shipping boat can sue his boat now. Yeah. So the liability here is extensive. Sued so like the, in the world Suez shipping Canal. industry is constipated, essentially. It's, yeah. It is. I mean, I'm laughing. It'll cause like a global uh, recession. Oh, like the oil prices, I'm sure, will like skyrocket. Yeah, grain, you know? oil. Yeah. And yeah. like people will starve and die because of this, uh, you know. But, you know, for our purposes. <laughs> what a moron this there's a there's a bridge in louisville on third street coming away from the university of louisville towards churchill downs and it's lower than people think it is in like once every couple of months a truck hits that thing and gets stuck there and traffic is doomed on third street for like half a day that's what that, that's who this guy is, except on a much bigger scale. Well, D Dan knows the famous Sturrow Drive in Boston, which is one of the, like, the main arteries of Boston. So every year on moving day, 
like the first day in September when the there's 54 colleges and universities in greater Boston. So you just got this like deluge of rider trucks and all these trucks and you can't drive them on Storrow Drive if they're a certain height. And every year some idiot drives and jams their car under it gets stuck on storage to the point where like people are waiting for there's like photographers waiting for it to like take a picture it's like <laughs> who is this year's idiot who like in in, in boston you can drop a gum wrapper on storo drive and cause like three hours worth of gridlock so you can only imagine what like a jammed up rider truck can do well this is the mother of all storo drives i've always said why not just that bridge probably should have been built bigger but it's boston so no matter how bad you did pat Thank you. See, I feel good now. Thank you. I've... We need somebody to make us feel better with their own incompetence. A hundred. How do you call your boss? It was a, a sandstorm. <laughs> Couldn't see. <laughs> it's straight as an arrow. This isn't like like the, the at least the Valdez guy was in Alaska. This is like the deadliest catch. One of my favorite shows like, you know, a rogue wave hit me. It's <laughs> calm and straight. Nobody yeah. in 150 years. Think about <laughs> what kind of boat they had 150 years ago. <laughs> And those 1890s shippers, you never know. It, it might Although be. they were smaller. Yeah, they I certainly weren't the 200,000 tons like this one, I wouldn't imagine. No, this guy, like, I, and I mean, Val, Valdez guy was drunk. We don't know if this guy was drunk or not. Again, we need a name. We need a scapegoat. We need a face. I kind of hope he was. Like, I mean, <laughs> what excuse would you have? Has anyone seen Mark Emmerich? I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> he was bailing out. He's like, screw it. I don't want to be NCAA president anymore. Pete I'm going to become the, the captain of the Ever Given. Yeah, Pete with the lovely line in his column of the, the Cheesecake Factory menu of Mark Emmert failures. That was that was good. Because there have been so many. I don't even know what he's actually done right. And I don't mean that to be like caustic or sarcastic. Like if you have to like list his, you know, when he like retires, the president who I don't really know like what he can champion as like a win the last decade. That's a really good question. He's very, yeah. He doesn't even really have any kind of charm. No, he's pretty charmless. You know, I was not a a, a particularly big fan of Miles Brand as his brand, but there was a certain, I don't know, there was something to him that was like somewhat likable. Miles Brand had like a nice presence to him. There was a, uh, there was a little bit of warmth there and there was also just, uh, you can tell uh, he was smart too. Well, that's, yes, yes, there was an academic gravitas to to Miles Brand. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm not going to probably ever approve like me and commissioners don't really get along. <laughs> generally speaking, it's just I, you probably shouldn't. If you're covering a sport and you think the commissioner is doing a bang up job, <laughs> probably not. You know, it's like being a White House correspondent and just thinking everything the White House does is great. <laughs> no matter who the hell's in the big, your job is to like kind of point out the flaws. I thought Miles Brand, there was at least something there. He had a way. Yeah, Emmert, he's a terrible uh, spokesperson. That's really the job. You just, yeah. you're the pinata. Yeah. You're the pinata. You get paid a lot of money to be that pinata, but he doesn't even, he really is the pinata. He just sits there and takes it. I, we, we discussed this last time, but the idea that you're so tone deaf and unable to handle a crisis that the one thing your, your organization does well, which is support women's athletics, you are now getting flamethrowed on you were under the grill <laughs> right yeah i mean that's yeah the response should be okay yes we screwed this up with the women's final for women's tournament we acknowledge it we apologize we're going to fix it let us also remind you that we are, are the biggest single driving engine to america's worldwide female athletic dominance Period. End of step. You want to hand this over to USA Gymnastics or some crap or some organization like that? Yeah. Good luck. Right. How are they doing? 
I, I thought Dana O'Neill did a great column. She painted it perfect. Like all that happens. Any good leaders like, you know what? I'm going to go to San Antonio. I'm going to meet with the people involved and we're going to address and fix it. Instead, he like rolls into Hinkle Field's house, like flanked by like quadruple suits. You could just see it. Yeah. Like Hinkle oh, Field yeah. does is just like this. We've all been in the foyer there when you walk in. Can you picture Mark Emmert like walking in like 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 presidentially like flanked by all these other oh, yeah. suits, like with an omnipotent strike? Like the mob is going to attack him. He needs yes. Like, yes. security. Like, yes. What? What? Yes. Why does he need all the suits? That's the thing. Yes. Yeah, like he has all the NCA units in his pocket. <laughs> it just—it was just like the most. Pro- okay, what should we do in this crisis? Let's roll six deep through Hinkle and strut around. It's just like mm, yeah, probably go not down the, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get a socket wrench. Help yeah. set up the. Help yeah. set up the machine. Do, do, do a TikTok <laughs> video at the girl from Oregon, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> right. And like, go like, get like, on there with her. Bench yes. press contest, let her kick your ass. Like, yes. Just be like, we own it. Yeah, we did, we did a horrible job here. We weren't yeah. thinking. No, we had to be no. better. And this is this is how we've improved. And and as you're spinning that, you can also remind them of what we talked about in the last podcast, that they actually do an unbelievable job supporting women's sports, generally speaking. Well, be, we'll address the serious issues. President Emmert, how has your sterling leadership taken us through <laughs> this distractions? We'll call it distractions. <laughs> distractions. There you go. <laughs> well, that's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> President Emery, you haven't said anything publicly in six months as a pandemic has ravaged college sports. Could you speak to how that shows your great leadership by you <laughs> letting others take hold and you operating so deftly behind the scenes? <laughs> Meanwhile, they put him in bubble wrap and shove him in a closet and just you know put a handkerchief around his mouth. Please, God, don't say anything. You only screw up when you talk. Well, yes. When all the when the football season's on the on the brink, and that's all the conference commissioners are like, uh, "We got this. You go away. <laughs> Tell yes. Hainline to shut up. You guys stay over there. We're in charge here." Even the Big Ten's like, "We're screwing this thing up every which way." <laughs> but no, Emirates like, "You need any help? No, no." And like Emirates <laughs> PR person's like, uh, you know, blinking Morris code to the to the cameras like. <laughs> And help the, me. Somebody give me a job. I don't have to help this buffoon. The the saddest part of him is that like the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be fine, right? They have giant revenue streams. They don't have streams. They have funnels. They have like silos of money coming in from other places. The Him screwing up his TV contract is really going to be the A-10 and the Valley. Like th- there's basically – conferences who go to the tournament and make a bunch of money off it that's like a small portion of their income and then there's other conferences who go to the tournament and it's all of their league income you know like the oh, if you get an extra East unit and all of that yeah 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 like i mean they are just getting by threadbare in the you know the fact that they basically took you know 60 percent too little on that tv deal it's just going to gut those other the WCC is going to be significantly impacted. It's just it's sad, you know, that like he didn't have the leadership and the foresight. But boy, I, I went back and looked in 16 when they signed that deal. Man, did he run around and parade my big deal, billions, my big deal. Like, yeah. But needless to say, when I called for comment about how the deal was awful now that nobody nobody would really want to say anything at this point. No, it was a great piece. If you ever read it, we did discuss on the last pod. But yeah, if we you had that, right. you know, basically. Mark Emmert signed and extended the CBS Sweet 16 or uh, March Madness deal. 
eight years early, eight years ahead of time, rather than take it to market, rather than even hint at taking it to market, uh, just agrees to a, an extension all the way to 2032 because he felt that the media landscape was, what was it, uncertain was the word? Un, uncertain un, media landscape. Yeah. Uncertain media market. So he took a three per, about a 2 to 3% increase each year in the thing. Uh, the uncertain media market has allowed the NBA, NHL, and NFL to sign ungodly bouts of money. The NHL, the NH freaking L. <laughs> NASCAR got a good deal. March Madness was not going to, like, what in the world was going to happen that March Madness was not going to be a good television property that you need to lock this up eight years ahead of time? And so Pete's uh, experts estimate they probably lost $3.5 billion over the, uh, you know, and that's huge problems uh, on that. They need every penny, and they uh, he screwed that up. And then as name, image, and likeness comes, and you start sharing some of that money with players, that's further going to impact the number of scholarships and the support surrounding both women's athletics and what I would say non, non-revenue driving Men's athletics. Well, and now he won't <clears throat> he won't meet with the the athletes from the men's uh, tournament uh, in Indianapolis. He, he said he w- would do it, and they were like, "Okay, let's do it now." And he's like, "No, nah, never mind. Let's do it later. Let's do it after the tournament." And that probably is a good idea. He's well, not going to win a contest with that. Yeah, no, I mean they're the storming that, out of that meeting. They're going yeah. to storm out, saying, "Right." And the fact of the matter is, you can't meet in person anyway. So right. <laughs> really, it, you, you can do the Zoom call whenever. So from that standpoint, I don't blame oh, them for, true. per se. It wasn't know? a person meeting because that would be the Suez Canal of like ideas. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Baylor <laughs> lost three players because I met with them and gave them COVID. Like, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, like, yeah. Mark Emmerich gives COVID to the championship team and we lose the final four. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that would be the capper. That That's the last line on his resume there. Mark Emmerich disqualifies team from final four. But I mean, one of their demands... And I like the NCPA, and we like Ramogi Huma. He's a very interesting guy, smart guy. But like one of their demands is a Supreme Court ruling. Well, exactly. How do you demand a? Sur- <laughs> like I, I'm not here to defend Mark Emmerich, but he does not have the no. power, nor yes. should he. The NCPA, well-meaning, strategically loud. But often, like, the details kind of seem to <laughs> yeah. escape the plan, you know? Yeah. We need a Supreme Court ruling on this. Like, you don't yeah. tell those guys what, to, you know, you're the first one to think of that. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Mark Gower would be like, I agree. He should be, like, with them. I agree. Yeah. We need a ruling. Yeah. Get, get on that there, Justice. <laughs> Who the hell's Judge Judy when we need her? <laughs> Well, his big screw up, and again, we're not going to do a whole pot about Mark Emmerich, uh, but his big oh, screw up really was the last the the last reported legal fees for the NCAA, I think it was like 17, 18, something like that. They spent $54 million in legal fees. So they basically put so much time and energy into fighting name, image, and likeness. It was 17 months ago. We called it an existential threat. Like Now, again, the guy's a genius in a lot of ways, right? Like, who could fail so badly and still make a lot of money and be protected by his presidents? The presidents want him to 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 protect the business model because the business model is good. And then the presidents are too ambivalent and too otherwise busy to to really be dialed in on the details. So they just basically like he's a human Kevlar best and he's just taking bullets for everybody. 
and not doing so gracefully, but still doing so. We got to get a law. We got to get a law firm going here. Yeah. <laughs> who, who are we going to nominate to go to law school? Who out of the four of us? Sully. Sully's young Sully. enough. Sully's young uh, enough. He should have some uh, energy. I really don't think I'm smart enough. I just, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit it. You guys, I know what you're thinking. It's not him. <laughs> I've been trying to when, study when for the, the bar and I start watching. Sully, that tells you about the, about the rest of us. <laughs> you guys would be like, are you studying for the bar? I'm like, no, I'm watching hog hunting videos from <laughs> Texas on YouTube. Like, is it? I read the book 1L once, uh, which is about like the definitive book of the first year of law school. It's kind of famous. So I kind of felt like I went to law school. It's pretty I've covered a lot of trials. Yeah. It could be a criminal, criminal, def- like Jose Baez could write me a letter of recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I have sat in court a lot. Maybe I am the candidate. Anyway, anyone wants to hire us? We may not be uh, certified or educated, but could we do worse? <laughs> really the question. We would not be afraid to spit in many eyes. That's our, that'll be all we got. Found <laughs> the table. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Simpsons doctor, Nick, went to Hollywood Upstairs Medical College. I think we would probably <laughs> go to uh, South Boston Upstairs Law School. <laughs> yeah, there's no L Street Tavern Law. Anyway, Pac-12, domination. Yeah. Now, basically, we all tend to watch the Pac-12 in part to see uh, whether or not Bill Walton has taken anything psychedelic <laughs> during the game. <laughs> And the fact that he often is remote at his own house tends me to believe this year was probably, you know, probably likely. But was Bill Walton, was he trying to tell us something and no one listened? His famously, he made his final four selections and he picked five Pac-12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> they should put him on the CBS show, which yeah. only picks ones. <laughs> the big upset is Alabama as a two seed on CBS. Uh, Bill Walton picked five Pac-12 teams to reach the final four. You know, you say that's impossible, but is it? This is Bill <laughs> Walton. I don't know. Is it? Well, I mean, now that there's only four still playing, I think it is impossible. Oh, but okay. uh, right. at the time, hey, when yes, when you are traveling Bill Walton's time-space continuum through a fourth dimension brought on by, by whatever means uh, do that, anything is possible uh but it is funny i mean like he is just he's gonna be the booster of the the conference of champions no matter what but they've backed it up they backed him up brilliantly uh to this point we'll see how many go forward i you know i think that they get at least one to the eight and possibly more so i think they're getting one because there isn't well right they're obviously getting one with with oregon and usc um (laughs) i was like it's trick question (laughs) uh i mean does anybody want to play usc right now they want to play oregon right now yeah how about this there's only been one close game in this entire pac-12 had one close game ucla beating michigan state in overtime right yeah every other game has been a sound victory for a pac-12 team sounds like like this was the acc there would be just fawning just this is, co- I mean, it would just, oh, see how great. And it's the Pac-12. We make pot jokes. <laughs> totally unfair. Well, Nick Cronin is an unbelievable coach. We saw that at Cincinnati. Now he just has better players. Andy Enfield made an unbelievable coach hire. And now he has the Mobleys and they're figuring it out. Dana Altman is probably the best single postseason coach of the last decade. Oregon State has just kind of figured it out, right? Like they've just kind of caught 
caught lightning and uh, and and rolled. Pat doesn't like my uh, my Dana Altman. Uh, well, I'm thinking of that guy at Villanova that's won two national titles. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know about best. Yeah. What about what about your boy Beheim? <laughs> Talk about postseason. But let's get back to Pac-12. We'll get to yeah. it. Yeah. Wayne Tinkle. Wayne Tinkle is that was an inspired hire. Yeah. I mean that that was an inspired hire. He's done an amazing job. Yeah. At uh at Oregon State, he was an incredible coach at Montana. Mm-hmm. And those are always kind of hit or miss. You look at those guys and go, all right, this guy's winning 25 game year at Montana. You know how to coach. There's no like tricks. You know, it's not like the, I paid off the Missoula AAU coach and got all the best <laughs> prospects. That guy's crazy. Nike did not. <laughs> Jim Gatto did not fund. The, so we're going to stack that Grizzlies roster. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you never know. Can they do it? And he's just slowly built the thing up. Yeah, they, I mean, shoot, they they handled uh, Oklahoma State. They handled Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, as you alluded to, the the Pac-12 has handled everyone, uh, with the exception of Colorado, then eventually getting housed by Florida State. But and then the one close game for UCLA. But once UCLA got past uh, Izzo, they've rolled. So it's been it's been impressive. I mean, they they are legitimately playing well. They're not squeaking by with a bunch of. Uh, you know, bracket collapses or, you know, last second shots. They're just beating people. All right. So Oregon State is going against uh, let's run through this like the way we did the other day where, you know, we'll be semi brief because uh, we wasted lots of time talking about Mark Emmert and uh, a ship a world shipping. This is your world <laughs> shipping trade podcast. <laughs> yes. All right. Loyola, Chicago against Oregon State. Pat had a had a story this week on on Loyola asking the question. I thought this is a great turn of a phrase. Pat should Porter Moser stay at Loyola and create Butler by the lake? I like that. Well, he's two gains from a second Final Four, which is all Butler ever did. And obviously, they've been better for a longer time. What do you think, Pat? Talk a little Loyola and yeah. not just Sister Jean. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's just uh, it, what he has. What he has there. What he's created is that. You know, the cheapest word in college sports is culture. But to use the old uh, Supreme Court phrase, you know, it when you see it, they've got real culture. You know, it's not fake. It is everybody totally bought in and they do things their way. <clears throat> That's where it's it, to me, it's very reminiscent of Butler and the way Brad Stevens did things, you know, where it's just it's a little bit different. Uh, but everybody says, OK, yeah, this makes sense. And we're all in. And we're going to recruit guys that just buy in and do it our way. Gonzaga has that. Uh, several other places do as well. But, you know, I just saw well, the thing that struck me when I was watching them, their two games here, they miss a shot and everybody claps. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then because they keep doing it to the point where it's not coincidence, but that's Moser's thing is if as long as it's a good shot, we're behind you. We're playing. You know what? That's a good possession. Good job. Good possession. Now go back and play defense. We're the best defensive team in the country. We're fine. And that's just one of those little snapshots of kind of how that mentality is, is pervaded the, the program. Now the question then becomes, he's got it going so well there. He's won 99 games in four seasons. They, he's six and one in the NCAA tournament and counting. Do you stay and just keep doing it? Or can you translate that little snippet of culture to somewhere else where you're recruiting a different caliber of player that isn't coming to necessarily just 
be that college guy and play four years, but it's like, okay, I'm coming because I have to, and I'll see you guys after six months. You know, with, I mean, at Indiana, those are the guys you are going to be recruiting. So which way should he go? If it were me and you could get some level of Gonzaga-type buy-in in terms of facilities, I would stay at Loyola. Um, Gonzaga's practice gym is unbelievable. Gonzaga's locker room is an NBA locker room. Their gym, their home arena is fantastic. Like they, they did all those things and then added, you know, the travel pieces, private travel and that sort of thing to make it an elite basketball program. If Loyola can, can come up with some of that, maybe not all of it, but some of it, if I'm Porter Moser, I stay and I like, this is, this is something that is completely mine. It's built my way. I don't have to bend to the power of the program at Indiana like you would. The program bends to the way I want to do it at Loyola. You hopeless romantic. Run away, <laughs> Porter Moser. Go to Marquette. Like, that's where Marquette, you're meant to be. Marquette! Marquette! What? Don't laugh. Just re- remember that. Tuck it Tuck it away. I'm not... Ah, don't do it. Oh, Marquette's right. the Keep most resource program in the country. It fits the Jesuit ideals. I, I think he goes to Marquette. Well, let's put it this way. What have you heard in the Marquette search in the last week? Cricket? Cricket? Yeah. Cricket? Right. All right. Well done. Hmm. I'm sure they're waiting on him, but... All done. What, 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 not all done, but like... <laughs> all I, done. I told you. That's what you just said. I didn't say it's Listen, all you done. drove that scoop I just, right I, into the wall. I think it's, I there's know. a much better chance he ends up at Marquette than Indiana. I, I just... What, I mean, other than the fact that you're going to a conference with multiple bids, what, what's better at Marquette than at Loyola? I think it's... I think it's a better fit i think you have your better position to win at marquette within the paradigm of the big east than you are at indiana right now within the paradigm of the big 10 there is less traffic in front of you it fits the footprint where he is from i i, I think it just that culturally fits better and i think you you have the ability there's a lot less noise up there and uh you you have resource wise you have the ability to potentially dominate your peers and you don't have that at indiana plus there's just a ton of nonsense at Indiana. That, that Indiana job, man, I wouldn't want that job if I was a college Indiana job coach. is looking like ridiculous, right? I mean, they were interviewing yeah. every everybody. I, I, I'm surprised Dan Dockich hasn't gotten called because, he, <laughs> you know, everybody who played for Knights getting an interview. Like, what is happening? Yeah. yeah if you were a like, manager at some juncture the last 30 years, Indiana's going to uh, interview you. Pretty much if you washed a jock strap, you're on the list. Yeah, um, and they, he actually had managers become NBA coaches, like Lawrence yes. Frank. Like you Lawrence could, Frank. you know, but no, it's not even that guy. Like it's Marquette's interesting, and there is a lot of potential to be good there. I just don't know that. Like, I don't know. Buzz did have it going pretty good there for a while. Yeah, I just, I mean, Mark Marquette's been to one Final Four in the last forty-four yeah, years. Dwayne Wade. Right, with Dwayne Wade. That's the same yeah. number Loyola's been But to. they made an Elite Eight, and they made a couple Sweet 16s. Yeah, and Loyola's but Buzz Williams left for Virginia Tech. Like, he bailed on it. Yeah, no, I know. He was like, I, I hit the cap, because then I think he didn't have a good year, and then he left. Wojo had a couple NCAA bids. I don't know. Uh, it's. I mean, Marquette's a great school and a great town, and, and obviously you are close enough to that Chicago pipeline, and as long as DePaul just you know, flounders, you're practically Chicago's Big East team. Why hasn't DePaul just brought a dump truck full of money for Porter Moser? Great question. Maybe, maybe, maybe the fact- we heard anything on their search. Uh, Kenny, well, Payne. Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Payne, did he get it? There. I don't know. No. I mean, he's gotten a lot oh. of buzz. But- the Knicks have been a little bit uh, prohibitive, I've heard. Like, they haven't, like, 
you know, that there, there's been some like that hasn't been as clean as you would think in uh, in, in letting him uh, in letting an assistant go for a head coaching job. I'll add oh, this just, on Indiana. Like it's very clear right now. Who knows how you'll end up? And we've had this conversation before about just because you run a good search doesn't mean it's a good result. A bad search can have a good result, et cetera. But right now they had no plan. Like when they fired Archie Miller, it was very clear they did not have a plan. And you almost like like may have wanted to wait to the end of the tournament. That way, if you really wanted to go try and get a Beard or a Drew or one of these guys, you wouldn't have had to, you know, the, the obvious games playing out in your backyard in, in front of you. But that at, at the very least right now, this search is teetering towards flailing. Whether it ends up failing, we don't know because they're still going to hire a coach and you still have a chance to win because it's Indiana. But right now, boy, I'm not feeling good if I'm running that Indiana search. Do you still have beeline in your back pocket, though? Like that's, I still think it's beeline. You can be flailing, but and you cannot get – you're Indiana. You don't need – you can get to Scott Drew, and you can get – Chris Beard's not coaching right now. I mean, they lost. Um, so if you want to try to – you can get to those guys, though, a week ago and say, hey, look, uh, you know, to their rep, I want to talk to him. Does he have any interest in us? And if they sit there and say no, then you – move on. I mean, it's not, you don't have to sit there with Scott Drew and be like, Hey, we are this little program in, in Bloomington. We got a great law library and, well, <laughs> uh, you know, like you, there's not a lot of sales. He's either really interested or not. Well, that's, I mean, the reason several weeks ago, and Dan, but you, you do have too, go get Scott Drew. And I, there's been no indication they're going and getting Scott Drew. So that's why I moved on to then should Indiana get Porter Moser. Um, you know, maybe it could still work out with Drew, but the sense that I'm getting is that that whether it's mutual, whether it's one side or the other, that that there's not that's that connection ain't happening elsewhere they go. And to Pete's point about whether the search is Peter on flailing, it, it is. I think what the things that they the thing that seems like they are doing, they are listening very hard to the alums, which is not necessarily a very good way to handle a search, except for you just had some alum or somebody pay $10 million to get rid of your coach. So you got to listen to, yeah, yeah. You got to listen to that person. That but, guy gets um, a voice. Yeah. You know, I, I, this has the feel of it and I, to be, to put it in cynical college athletic terms, you know, a lot of times when you, you literally hear people say, well, for diversity reasons, we need to interview a minority candidate. Well, this is like for alumni reasons, we've got to interview everybody who ever had anything to do with Bob Knight. Uh, I don't know whether they intend to hire that person, but I think this is a feel-good interview process to a degree for the old guard that just still will not go away or be quiet. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people I've had said, go hire Steve Alford. It's like, what? Come have on. we picked a game? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're 40 minutes in and we haven't picked a f game. Sully's head's uh, exploding. <laughs> as our, as it's, <laughs> I'm picking Loyola to beat Oregon State. <laughs> The, the stat I had in the column. Me too. Loyola's 13-point margin of victory over Illinois is the largest in an 8-9 over a 1 in 35 years since Auburn did it to St. John's in 1986, and that Auburn team had two first-round NBA draft picks on it. So I went back through the through the brackets, all of them. How did you look that up? <laughs> How else do you think? You think he, I like, don't know. That, uh, you think he's got, like some, he's got some computer hack? Come on. <laughs> Just aside, and Sully's going to kill me because we're still not picking games. I'm picking Loyola. All right. <laughs> Pat's daughter had to teach him that there is a button on junk emails called unsubscribe. 
I'm not telling you guys anything about my personal life anymore because it just comes back to being. He was bragging this fodder. morning that he now knows about the unsubscribe button. And Pete thinks there's some, he's got some like coding hack to call. Of course, he went through with a pencil and wrote them all down. And he oh, did. A little elbow grease, buddy. A little elbow <laughs> grease. Pat's going to go brag to all his friends at Blockbuster today about his unsubscribe hack. <laughs> you know when they send you those emails you don't want? You hit unsubscribe and they don't send them anymore. It's amazing. All right. Villanova against Baylor. Juicy little matchup here. Uh, Baylor's given seven. Baylor's got more players. But as we mentioned, Jay Wright. Not Pete's choice as best March coach of the last 10 years, but maybe the other ones. Uh, Pete, we'll start with you since you hate Jay Wright so much. Uh, yeah, I really hate Jay Wright. He's so <laughs> hateable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Baylor wins this game fairly, fairly handily. Don't overthink it. They'll be able to pressure Villanova's guards like Villanova's guards have not really been pressured in the uh, in the past two games. So I think uh, I think Baylor rolls in this game. If we're going to pick it with a spread, uh, I would. I think it's six. I would take. Uh, I would take the Bears. The Bears. Yeah, lay them there. I mean, like Villanova's done a great job to get this far, but uh, the Colin Gillespie injury catches up with them now against the elite, elite guards for Baylor, and Baylor rolls through this. Same. I think this is close for a while, but Baylor ends up winning late, uh, and I think they do cover. But nice show of force by Villanova as a program. Or Roberts. Against Arkansas, Oral Roberts is dancing, and in one of the great stats or info nuggets, you are not allowed to dance on the Oral Roberts campus. <laughs> Oral Roberts I've heard case? disputes of that. I've is heard this still the case? That. that was the case. I don't know. If I it's thought still there the was. Case. It was in uh, someone posted it. Hold on, hold on. It was Let's, on Twitter. It has to be true. Yeah, I actually, sure. I actually Googled it, and I couldn't find anything. They do offer a bachelor's degree in dance. Yeah, right. Yes. That's I. Somebody I saw that said I was a dance major at Oral Roberts. So that would indicate you can dance, but <laughs> it would be hard to teach. <laughs> so you if you could do this, you would move your elbow out and then straight legs, straight legs and angles. All right. So they can dance, whatever. They're rolling 900 foot Jesus on the on the blocks. <laughs> I, th I think this one's going to be competitive uh, just because, I mean, or Roberts has two really talented guys. I mean, Max Asmus with the most interesting pronunciation uh, of anybody's last name in the tournament. It's spelled Abamus, but it's pronounced Asmus. I I don't know how, but that's the, the way B it is. The B is pronounced like an S. Yeah, yeah. It, that, yeah. That'll, that'll throw you off. I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> And so I don't even bother with his. I'm like, what? Just call him Max. I, I have why trouble would you with add like Mish Don Hill, the nation's leading scorer. Like, if you're going to make it up, you should just call him Make, right? Max Dave Make. He's <laughs> the nation's make. leading scorer. Yeah. We're going to start calling he's, he's not even the leading scorer on his team Ford. right now in the tournament, though. I mean, Kevin O'Banner, no. the other guys, is, is, I think, averaging more points. O'Banner's like 29 and a half or something. It's, uh, yeah, 29. He's averaging 29 a game and 11 rebounds. I mean, so they've got two dudes on that team. I would say uh, uh, Arkansas better strap it up and be ready. Well, Arkansas wasn't ready the first time they played Oral Roberts. They were actually down 12 at one point. Uh, I think they won by 10 earlier in the year in Fayetteville. So, uh, yeah, I think, like, look, Oral Roberts is good. They actually, the weird part about this run is, like, 
they were, I think, 10 of 30 from three against Florida. Like, they haven't had, like, they were like, oh, my God, they went crazy. No, they shot 30% from three. Like, they have, they have not, they have played well, obviously. But they haven't been this, like, lights out, crazy, insane, like, spree. They've been good, and they have good players who played well. But it just, it hasn't been sort of like that, like, that spree that sometimes you associate with, like, uh, like, Buddy Beheim is going nuts right now. Like, it, like that, like, anomalously shooting three-pointers. And, or Roberts has been good, but they have not been like dominant. So I, I like Arkansas. I have Arkansas going to the Final Four. I'm not going to back off them, but I I could certainly see uh, Or Roberts covering the 11. Yeah, that's I would agree with that. I'm I'm sticking with Arkansas since I got him going to the Final Four. I love that this is the battle of US 412. Anyone has driven that? Anyone <laughs> oh, here? Yeah. The yes. Tulsa oh, yeah. to Fayetteville Road. These are these are you may not know this, but these are kind of backyard rivals. Yeah. Like there are going to be brawls in the street of Locust Grove, Oklahoma, halfway between. <laughs> what is about sixty miles? On? Sixty miles or something in between, or what? I think it's a little farther than that. I think it's one. Okay, it's about right, two right. hours. Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you can fall asleep, and it's just so straight that you can straighter than the Suez Canal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least parts of it. Uh, I love it. I love when like little parts of the country don't get a lot of attention. They, they got their moment. Like everybody in that area is like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we got a, two. Tulsa's maybe the little bit, you know, usually the more prominent team out of Tulsa than Oral, Oral Roberts. But uh, anyway, I'm taking Arkansas. All right. Syracuse versus Houston. I like the line by uh, Adam Zagoria. The, the father shout or the son shoots. The father shouts. <laughs> the Bayhives. Pete, you wrote about uh, why this matchup zone takes so long. Why, why it works in March, not matchup zone, the two, three zone. And um, now we got Kelvin Sampson moving along for with the Cougars. So Cougars are given six thoughts. Pat, we'll start with you. Oh, give me uh, give me buddy buckets in the zone there. Uh, I think that, that again, I think Houston's a legitimately good team and they do offensive rebound like crazy. And this zone is not great um, in that respect. But I just I'm thinking. They throw it on Houston. Houston misses, misses a bunch of shots. Is hesitant. Not sure what to do. Uh, although Kelvin Sampson, you give him five days to get ready. He'll probably have him ready. But I just this has that feel of Syracuse continuing to ride a hot hand and an unconventional defense and advancing one more round. Well, I uh, I bored our readers at Yahoo this week with a column. Basically, I have written some version of the Syracuse zone is a March Marvel at. The Daily Orange, where I started my career at Syracuse. The Post Standard, my first job. Uh, I've written it at the New York Times. I've definitely written it at Sports Illustrated. I covered that Indiana game in 2013. And now at, at Yahoo, I've gotten to write. And I probably have written it before. But yes, the, like trying to explain the Syracuse zone in March has become like just part of the uh, part of part of the fabric. And I won't like bore if everyone wants to be fully bored, they can go read the column. But th- the thing that looms about this weekend that's most interesting to me is the p- worst performance I've probably ever seen against that zone in the postseason came in 2003 in the Elite Eight when Kelvin Sampson had the number one seed at Oklahoma, Hollis Price, Quanis White, Ebby Ara, and they just completely laid a dinosaur egg in Albany. I think they shot 5 of 23 from three. Syracuse beat them by 20. That was on the way to the Final Four. Now, it was a road game for Oklahoma. Kelvin Sampson reminded me yesterday that Ebby Ara had a broken hand and Hollis Price had ripped his hamstring and they were kind of sputtering to the, uh, sputtering to the end there. But they looked completely lost. 
And that's the short turn, right? Like when Syracuse wins one game, they're probably going to win two. There aren't a lot of times if you look back um, in the NCAA tournament where they've lost that second game. So it will be really interesting to see. I mean, talk about, I mean, Porter Moser right now is the best man coach in the country. Um, you know, one of them, certainly one of five. And in Bayheim's obviously the best zone coach. So if that did end up being the, the elite eight matchup, it'd be interesting. That said, Obviously, if you're going to bet on this game, wait until the layup lines because you want to see how Dejon Giroux looks. He's Houston's sort of do-it-all, point-forward, uh, really electric, dynamic player. Um, he was like – he had like half his hip missing in that game. I, I don't know if you guys watched the end up rugby. I mean, Lower body injury. Yep. Yes, he was literally hobbling on and off the field. He looked like an NHL defenseman took a hockey stick to his hip. So he's a very like tall, tall, skinny guy. Kelvin Simpson's is like, look, he's not gonna be 100 percent for four weeks. We hope to get him at 75 percent. So like it is all all the trappings are sort of going to Syracuse. That said, I think Houston's been underrated all year. So I think Houston wins, but it's going to be like 40, 39. I, I think it's a six point <laughs> spread. That's a uh, that that's that would be appetizing. I think Houston defensively, Kelvin Sampson's as good of a man coach, um, you know, as there is remaining in the tournament, certainly. And he's been an unbelievable defensive coach his whole career. And they have the the athletes to slow Buddy Beheim. If, if you watch Bob Huggins in the postgame, um, West Virginia switched three times against Buddy Beheim in the second half. He hit a bunch of threes They. they they had the length that bothered him early and they switched off that, which Huggins was quite pissed about if you read between the lines in his in his statement. I feel like Houston's going to be a little more dialed in defensively and can slow down the uh, buddy train. That is I'm, that's why I'm picking Houston. I think Syracuse requires an unbelievable shooting night from Buddy Bayheim. Calvin Sampson is a tremendous coach and they have athletes upon athletes and they are going to be able to put that size on them. Uh, great defensive. It's going to be and it is, the way he motivates. Uh, it's uh, they're going to. It's like a pack of uh, you know wolves going after some just meat out there. I mean, they're going to be all of them. So, little terrified pick. I agree. Wait, but uh, I'm going to take Houston to win, cover potentially. But I'm taking Houston. I will all say right. that's I, I noted it, but now, Bush, the numbers are even more uh, striking. Uh, Houston is the number two offensive re- rebounding team in the nation, and Syracuse is number 340 at keeping teams off the offensive yeah, glass. zone. When yeah. you zone, you can't yeah. off, you give up offensive rebounds. So, all right, let's get to Sunday's games. Creighton versus Gonzaga. Uh, let me just tell you something amazing about college sports. They usually you know, this is this will be the prime no two two p.m. CBS game. No other game going on at this time. They used to always reserve this basically for Duke, North Carolina, the biggest names going. We got Creighton and Gonzaga in this thing. That's how wild this tournament is and how much college basketball has changed. Like this is the CBS counts on a big brand name to give them something here. And uh, if you it, it, Michigan's in this, but other than that, it's so it's Creighton versus Gonzaga. At 210. I love it. Sags are given 13. Pete, we'll start with you. Yeah, I this is a better defensive Creighton team probably than Greg McDermott has had in his uh, in his tenure there. They've always been sort of light on light on defense and just kind of tried to outscore you. If you talk to Big East coaches, they say that's changed a little bit this year and they have a bit more of an edge. Creighton's fever dream is becoming Gonzaga offensively. And I, I don't think this game is particularly close. Yeah, Pete, you're right. Actually, the, the Pomeroy numbers back it up. Best defensive team McDermott has had. I've been impressed with them getting this far, although they were quite fortunate just to get past Santa Barbara. Got a kind of uh, 
iffy foul uh, that went their way late, and they won that game by a point, and then they were just better than Ohio. That that was the game that impressed me. I thought oh, I thought I thought both times Creighton could lose, and they haven't. They're still here this time. I'm certain they're going to lose. I think Gonzaga's, you know, I, Gonzaga. I think just needed to get through that first weekend and kind of get itself in the flow of this tournament and used to playing people outside of their West Coast bubble again. And I think they're they're going to be fully primed and ready to roll this weekend. It's a lot of points for an NCAA basketball game in a Sweet 16, but Gonzaga will win. They'll probably cover. Florida State, uh, they told uh, our colleague Kristen Peake that they are the new bloods. Seminoles aren't the blue bloods. They're the new bloods. Uh, I thought that was a good phrase. They're playing Michigan, which claims they're a blue blood, or should be. Big game. UM given three. Who did we start with last time, Pete? Pat, you start. Yeah, uh, give me the Knowles here. Uh, and again, I look at Michigan the same way I look at Villanova. Great coaching job to still be playing, minus one of your best players in Isaiah Livers. And assuming he is still not going to be playing, which doesn't seem to be the case, I think this is the end of the line for them. Two reasons. They have short guards. Florida State has unbelievable size. I mean, they got a 6'9 point guard. Everybody else is 6'5 or taller in the starting lineup. Uh, they bring a 7'1 guy off the bench, and the 7'1 guy off the bench is going to be very important against Hunter Dickinson. Uh, Balsa Kupravika, uh, whose name certainly came up in many occasions in the SDNY investigation, uh, still with us, still playing. He gives away a lot of weight and a lot of strength to Dickinson, but he's tall enough to get in his way and to make it more difficult for him around the rim. Florida State's just, they're really good. They're good at both ends of the court. They run efficient offense. They are very good defensively. They're well coached. They're overdue to get to a Final Four. I'm not sure this team does it, but they're plenty good enough to beat a no Isaiah Livers Michigan team. I hate when I agree with Pat, just because in football, that means I'm going to go like one and four uh, that week in the uh, in, in our picks. But I have, I have Florida State in the Final Four. I'm rolling with them. I think they go 11 deep, legit. I don't think Michigan's seen anything quite like them, and uh, I do think Michigan will struggle to score, and this is the first time Livers' absence is really going to uh, prominently manifest itself. Really like this Michigan team, and I'm with you guys, especially if they're if I'm going to get three points, I'm taking FSU. Uh, all right, UCLA versus Alabama. Great brand names in this one. Alabama's given six and a half. UCLA is looking for their first Final Four since 2008. That's amazing. They had that nice run under uh, Ben Didn't Howland. they have three in a row under Howland? Yeah, yeah. three in a row. Six, seven, and eight. Yep. I mean, they had Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, and then they got rid of him. Part of their anger at him was he wasn't a great recruiter. Remember that? <laughs> ben Howland well, wasn't considered a great recruiter. <laughs> after after watching Ben Howland run everything through Dal- Darren Collison with Kevin Love setting screens and Russell Westbrook watching I think his problem was coaching that team. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the act. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Russell I thought they didn't like his style of play. I thought they well, maybe it was too slow. Play was like it. Too just, they, Darren Collison yo-yoed the ball and played pick and roll. And with with Kevin Love being nothing but a screener, it was it was, it was I thought, somewhat offensive, really. <laughs> it made three final fours in a row. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but it's like. If you get, it's L.A., baby. I guess style over substance. That's yeah. Just, anyway, I'm not saying they should have kept Ben Howland, but interesting. Been a, quite a drought. 13 years, you start saying, I'll win ugly. Uh, Bama's never made the Final Four, which is kind of amazing considering the number of really great players that have run through there and the fact that there's no reason for that. 
I mean, Alabama basketball is one of the more, like, there's no reason Alabama basketball shouldn't be really good. There's a lot of players in state. You're only a few hours from, from both Memphis and, and New Orleans and Atlanta. I mean, there's play. You should be good. You should, this shouldn't happen. Anyway, Bama's given six and a half. Uh, a lot of threes coming up for the guard the perimeter Bruins. Pat, your thoughts? Uh, boy, I I want to pick UCLA. I mean, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think UCLA has a chance here, but I picked Alabama to go to the Final Four, so I will stick with them. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Mick Cronin is extremely close friends with Rick Pitino. We'll get the scout from Pitino, and Pitino scared Alabama to death in that opening round. I mean, if you could actually see a coach just exuding tightness, it was Nate Oates looking down the sideline and seeing Pitino. But I, I don't think they have the depth. Uh, Alabama's going to throw a lot of bodies, a lot of athleticism at them. Uh, they're a great defensive team. Johnny Juzang, who should be breaking the hearts of every Kentucky fan out there because he transferred and he's given UCLA the shooting that Kentucky clearly, flagrantly lacked, is going to have a tough time getting shots off. I think Tiger Campbell's going to have a tough time penetrating. So I think I, while I like this UCLA team, what they've done and – the setup for this game, I, I'm sticking with Alabama here based just on uh, defense length and athleticism. I'm going to just distill my Alabama pick to one stat. Uh, UCLA's three-point percentage defense is 198th in the country, 34.2%. I just don't think they'll be able to keep up with Alabama shooters because that's what Alabama does. They shoot and shoot and shoot more threes. So I think the waves of athleticism that Alabama can throw at them is going to be a little jarring to UCLA. And uh, I think they roll fairly easily in this game. I'm not bailing on uh, Bama at this point either. I think Alabama wins six and a half. They can they can blow a UCLA out. Uh, Mick's going to have to muck this game up. All right, finally, the Ducks versus the Trojans. Pac-12. This would be uh, this is the they should have Bill Walton call the game. Um, they should let him in. Actually, he, he's really not a great NCAA basketball tournament announcer. I wouldn't think no. Nobody wants to hear about his like where he went mountain biking that morning <laughs> on this game. Trojans given two and a half. I'm going to stick with the Ducks. I have the Ducks going to the Elite Eight. Uh, Trojans played played better than I thought. I thought their their relative weakness at point guard would be exposed by this point, but it is not. Mobley Blowers have been fantastic. It's it's a great collision. It should be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Of just you know two teams that have just played out of their minds in the tournament. But I think the depth of Oregon and the versatility of Oregon will play out here. That said, I mean, USC blew them out earlier in the year. So I'm going against recent empirical evidence, but I am sticking with the Ducks. Yes, I remember Pete disparaging USC. Said they were, oh, I don't know what they called them, dogs, but uh, you, you disparaged them. You disparaged Andy Enfield. How dare you? I'm taking the Trojans. I picked them to go to the Elite Eight before the tournament in my little SI bracket, so I'm sticking with them there. They oh. did. They they beat up on Oregon pretty hard uh, in the regular season. They killed them on the glass, and that's where the advantage is. I mean, the, the Mobley brothers are just so dang long, and Isaiah Mobley didn't even play in that game uh, when they beat him by 14 and out-rebounded them 39-26. to 26. So I think this, uh, this sets up well for USC. That said... And to Pete's point, I'm not. I, I agree that Dana Altman is a great tournament coach. I don't know if he's the best, but he is really good. So he'll have them ready. He'll have something for them. But I'm sticking with the Trojans. Me too, Mobley brothers, man. I'm not picking against those guys. They're good. Uh, I'm going with that. Could should be an awesome game. Uh, I presume that is the 
uh, late game Sunday night. Correct. Um, Correct. So we have this new, you know. Yeah, I like I like that. So a nice late Sunday night game for the West Coast. All right, we'll be back Wednesday after the Elite Eight for Final Four preview. We'll try to talk more actual sports for Sully. Thank you all. Enjoy the uh, action this weekend. Please subscribe. Tell your friends about us.